Hello and welcome to The Best is Net to Come. My name is Josh and I'm joined as always by Michael Rubenstein and Richard Chuba. Today we are going to be talking about the Brooklyn Nets' last two games. They had a tight game against the Charlotte Hornets last Friday that they blew open in the fourth quarter thanks to none other than Joe Harris himself and surging Shamit, Landry Shamit, who's been having an incredible turnaround since his beginning of his season here in Brooklyn. And then on Sunday, a close game that they could have won. KD went down in the first quarter with the thigh contusion. Kyrie chucked a couple bad shots at the end of the game. Bam hits a buzzer beater. Nets lose by two to Miami in Miami. But there was a kid in the stands dressed like Uncle Drew. So I'll say, hey, at least something interesting happened that game that was positive. Now, uh, I want to start by talking about Landry Shamit because it's a nice thing to start with here. We started the season absolutely hating this guy's guts. He came out super cold, like colder than a steak in the freezer. And now he's had multiple games of four and sometimes five three-pointers over the last few weeks. He's hit 25 to 30 points a few times recently. He's clutch. He's been hitting shots in the clutch. Like, if it wasn't for those last couple possessions, the Nets should have won that game against Miami, and it would have been because of how clutch he played in the fourth quarter there. Mike, what have you seen in Shamit, and how does it make you feel about him now? I mean, I think the main thing is just confidence. I think that's – we all knew Shamit could shoot before he got to the team. Like, we we watched him play when he was in Philly. He looked great then on the Clippers. Like, that's what he was known for. So we were all, like, very surprised when he came out in the beginning of the season. We're like, this isn't the guy we thought he was. So it's nice to see his confidence is back up. I think uh, he credited Kyrie uh, for boosting that confidence. And Kyrie, after the game, I think even acknowledged, like, I should have found the hot hand. Like, that's on me. I took some bad shots. Uh, I should have found Shamit. That's pretty crazy for Kyrie to come out and say, uh, to have that kind of belief in his teammate like that. It's awesome. So I think he even had one play really quickly before I turn it to Rick. He, like, caught the ball. He was open for a three. They closed out so hard, he actually drove the ball and, like, dunked it. And I was like, I didn't even know he could dunk like that. And the fact that he even went for it just shows uh, his level of aggression and that feeling that he belongs there on this team. And I would be very confident with him down the stretch in games like this. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty It's pretty wild because early on in the season, we were just like, oh, my God, I can't believe Shaman's going to shoot. Stop shooting. Get him off the yeah. court. And uh, he was originally – Shit, damn it, sham it. And I think we need to change it to shoot, damn it, sham it. Because we actually want him to shoot the ball. And I just like the name. So, yeah, it's been it's been pretty cool when a guy who we wanted to, at least me, wanted to strap to a rocket and send to the sun is a guy now we actually want on the court and want with the ball in their hands. So we're getting to the end of the season. Playoffs are right around the corner. And Landry Shamit's going to be a big part of that rotation. So if he's shooting right, especially with guys on the shelf and injured, it seems like every chance we look at the injury report, uh, it's nice to know that we have someone who is showing up every night, it seems. Yeah, exactly. Like, if we need him to step up more than ever. Now that KD is in and out constantly, and it, what we just heard about two or three hours ago before recording is that Harden was ramping up to come back and then had a major setback in his rehab yesterday and will be out indefinitely with the hamstring. This is just such a snake-bitten season for the Nets. 
having three superstars constantly in and out of the rotation. I was going to talk about how I felt more calm about Harden being on the court than KD because KD is like lighting a firework. He's like skydiving. It's like most of the time it's exciting, but every day, every time you do it, there's just a little bit of like, I'm going to die feeling involved. Like it's very scary watching KD play basketball. He's incredible, but every time he jumps, I'm like, oh, there he goes. He's going to die. Or his leg's going to snap in half. He's so skinny. I don't know what it is. But I was like confident in Harden because Harden is this tough guy. And then literally a couple hours ago, we get this news that he's his leg is given up on him. And he's got this hamstring issue still. What are the Nets going to do for the next 15 games? Are they going to rush Harden back to, to try to get some games in with these three together before the end of the season? Or are they just going to have to wing it in the playoffs? Rick, well, what do you think? Uh, they're going to wing it. They're going to wing it, especially with uh, Kevin Durant and his injury coming off the Achilles tear and now him kind of being back and forth between healthy and injured. Like, they're just not going to play around with him. And I think at that point, too, they're going to be like, well, we're going for it, right? We're, we're playing for the championship. We're not playing for seeding, um, especially with where they stand in the East. Like, it's not really dire that they win every one of the games that they play. So I think they're just going to put these guys on the shelf for as long as they see fit, and then even longer on top of that to make sure everyone's good. And uh, I think they're completely confident just kind of throwing everybody on the court at the same time in, like, the first round and just seeing them figure it out against a lesser team. Um, If they play – I don't even know what the seating is at this point, but let's say they play, like, the Hornets or something. Like, I don't think Steve Nash and the Nets are going to be worried about throwing these guys onto the court at the same time for the first time in what is, I have no idea now, two months maybe or something. Like, the talent's going to win out. So they're going to use that first round, I think, as like almost exhibition games, as crazy as that sounds. My only thoughts is that a healthy James Harden, I think, is good enough to beat almost any team that can play in the first round without Kyrie and possibly Durant, like just Harden. We saw when he was playing at his peak, can carry the rest of the guys. So as long as two of the three are healthy, in that first round, they'll be in good shape. It looks like now maybe Dinwiddie could even be back for the second round. There's rumors coming out. He made a cryptic tweet or Instagram today about that. So I think they'll all be back at some point. And what Rick said is true. Like the talent will be good enough to at least allow them a grace period. It's not like they're starting against the Sixers or uh, like the Bucks. So I- I'm nervous. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little nervous and I'm I'm disappointed with all the setbacks, but uh, it wouldn't be a, a typical Nets season without some disappointment. Oh, oh, <laughs> Please don't remind me, man. I guess that's true. We've we've kind of like uh, gotten a little. Uh, we're, we're, we're like kind of balancing a little bit of hubris here by thinking that this team is actually going to work out the way it says it should work out on paper. But of course, things don't work out. This is the Brooklyn Nets we're talking about. Now another other uh, news here we got. Nick Claxton and Reggie Perry are going to be out for COVID protocols. It's pretty frustrating. From what I understand, Nick Claxton has COVID. He's tested positive. So I hope hope he recovers soon. I hope he's okay. I hope he comes back okay because a lot of these guys get these illnesses and they come back a little messed up. Uh, From what we've heard about Jason Tatum, uh, a couple days ago in a post-interview from a game, he told one of the people interviewing him that he has to, like, use an uh, inhaler after games still because he's feeling those, like, post-COVID uh, symptoms still. 
So I hope they recover uh, it just for their own health, but also for the Nets, is, of course, Claxton is such an important part of this defense. Um, his, his like hustle and defense has just been so good for them, uh, and the B team's been great. So that's going to be tough. Guys are hurt, and we're really kind of, uh, as far as I'm concerned, it really seems like Nets basketball is over until the playoffs. So Yeah, it's really a bummer. Like There's not much to watch right now other than, I'm just hoping that they win at least five more games in their next however many, 14, 15 games they got left. If they can get to like 43 wins, I see that as like a pretty safe place to be in in terms of seeding and just in terms of like momentum. Um, You know, they could honestly sit everyone for the whole month of May if they can get five wins by then or four wins by then. I don't know. Kind of want the Nets to uh, throw out Steve Nash and have him get some minutes just... (laughs) I've been waiting plays. all season for this. When is this going to happen? He clearly <laughs> can play better than most guys on the court. Like He's better he than TLC. He could run a pick and roll with Amari Sotomayor. Like, we got both of them. Bro, we get them both out on the right. and, and have D'Antoni coach? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, Absolutely. are we going to call up uh, Raja Bell, Leandro Barbosa, the Matrix? Are we, are we getting everybody in there, too? Jeez. Yo, I love Leandro Barbosa. Brazilian guy. Yeah. Leandro Seven Barbosa. seconds or nets? <laughs> Let's do. Okay, so what's been really exciting in basketball lately has been the MVP conversation, but who's completely crashing the MVP conversation. Not that I think he'll actually make it, but because he's been playing like beyond an MVP the past two weeks is Steph Curry. Steph Curry in his last two weeks, so about his last 10 games or so, 10 or 11 games, has averaged 42 points, eight threes a game, and at 56% shooting, 90% from the line. If Steph can still be an inevitable force the way he's been, just this crazy Thanos-level amount of good, is this Warriors team going to shake up the playoffs? Mike, what do you think? Unfortunately, no. <laughs> like, I think they could probably make it through the, the play-in tournament depending on who else is in there. Like, Maybe they'll get one of those seeds, um, but I don't see them having enough to take out the Jazz or the Suns. I just think... Steph Curry in the playoffs, like, they're going to put so much pressure on him. I just don't trust the other guys around him. Like, Steph could score – like, he scored 47 against the Celtics, and they lost because Tatum had a miraculous night as well. Like, there are going to be nights where the other team is just also going to play well, and Steph Curry can't play 48 minutes night in and night out. So as much as I would love to see it, I would love to see Steph Curry have a huge first-round upset like that. I just don't see it happening. I think – the Jazz, the Suns, maybe even if the Clippers get into that top two, uh, it's going to be a tall task. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be tough. you got to get, like, Andrew Wiggins to get you, like, 30 points in order to actually, like, hang with any of these teams. And I don't know. He's okay on defense, but he's not he's, – he's very streaky on offense. We all know Steph Curry is really good, obviously, but he's going on a pretty incredible stretch right now. This is probably the best stretch of games in his entire career. And I know you guys are both active on, like, Instagram and NBA Twitter and stuff like that. Especially Mike. He sees, like, all this shit. So I've been seeing a lot of talk recently about whether or not Steph Curry is a top 10 player all time. And I'm curious as to whether or not you guys think he is. Because I know you guys are both big Steph Curry fans. But all time on guys who have... Stepped onto a basketball court in an NBA game. Is he one of the 10 best players right now to ever do it? 
You know, as much as I want to say yes, I would have to say no. He's in the teens. He's probably like in the mid to high teens. But I can think of at least 10 guys off the top of my head who are more impactful on both sides of the court than 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 Curry. Uh, Mike, what do you think? So this is one of those questions that I think we talked about a few weeks ago, how what we see today is just everyone's going to look more talented today than players did in the past. And that's a big argument for LeBron over Jordan people is that based on everyone's skills, everyone's elevated all of their shooting ability, their athleticism. So, like, I could see anyone saying, sure, Curry deserves to be in that top 10. If you put up, you know, Larry Bird compared to Steph Curry, we know all the legendary things Larry Bird accomplished. But skill-wise and shot-making-wise and dribbling, like, if you put them side by side, would you say Larry Bird is still better than Steph Curry? Like, that's a hard comparison because of just the modernization of the game. So then it comes down to impact along with accomplishments. And for that reason, I would have to say Steph Curry is probably top 10. Because from this point on, until the next phenomenon hits the NBA, everyone's going to try to mirror what Steph Curry's done. Guys are coming in shooting 10 to 15 threes a game. Like, that's just unreal. And that's tangible impact that Steph Curry had. So I think whenever you have a guy like that, you have to put them in the top 10. Now, I don't know who he bumps out. I don't have a list of 10 guys in front of me. Because you have to bump someone out. But, yeah, I would say Steph's got to be up there. All right. I got a list of guys in front of me if you want to play this game. All right. Let me yes. know who I'm bumping out. All right. I don't imagine you're – I'm going to go 1 through 10 here because I personally think, looking at this list, that I have him at 11. Okay. I, I don't think he's making my top 10. I think I have him right at 11. So – and he would have to maybe win another championship or something to get into the top 10. So he's not bumping out MJ. He's no. not bumping out LeBron, Kareem, Bill Russell – Magic, Will Chamberlain. Okay, that's the top six. This is where it might get dicey. This is the seven right. through ten here, and this is this might be the best chance here. Number seven, Larry Bird. That's the one I'm saying. I have my eyes on Larry Bird, but go okay. ahead. Number eight, Tim Duncan. Nine, Kobe. Ten, Shaq. I think I gotta leave the Duncan, Kobe, Shaq in there. Duncan and, and uh, Shaq, because they're big guys, so I don't think Steph could just leap them. Um, I think Larry, like, I didn't get to watch Larry Bird, so I'm not going to have a fair opinion on that. But from everything I've seen and from what I've heard, Curry kind of sounds like he has that Larry Bird mystique about him, mm-hmm. that, like, arrogance, that cockiness on the court where he's going to try to kill you and he's going to tell you what he's doing and all that. So. They're kind of similar in that sense for me. And I just think if you put them up next to each other, uh, I would put Curry ahead of Larry Bird. I would. All right. So you're going to keep the the top 10 as it stands the same, but you're going to take out Larry Bird, but slide all those guys up each one spot and then put Steph at 10? Yeah. Okay. Larry Bird, 11. No, no. I don't agree with Mike. I, I think that Larry Bird is above Steph. If Steph wins like another championship at some point in his career, then maybe that that will change things. Or if he maybe gets another MVP, that might change things. Like if he plays the way he's been playing over the past month, but for like four months in a row, then yeah, okay, we'll have another conversation. But right now, I'm looking at a different list uh, by Complex that has Curry at 15, and he's 14 Kevin Garnett, 13 Kevin Durant, 
12, Hakeem Olajuwon, and 11, Oscar Robertson. I could put him over Hakeem Olajuwon, honestly. Like, I'd put him oh, at yeah. 12 I would do in that, that yeah. list. So, I'd put him at 12, and i just move everyone up one. And, uh, yeah, I could see him at 12. I don't know. His career is long. He's still got, like, five or six years left. Yeah, He's definitely that's true. cracked yeah. that top 10. If he gets another MVP or another championship, then we're definitely talking top 10. But if his career goes the same way it's been going over the past two years and he's just on these, like, average teams and he plays well, but they, like, get bumped in the first round a few times and then he retires, I don't know. He's still going to be – I think he's going to be, like, 12, maybe 12 or 13. My last yeah. defense, and then we'll move on because I don't want to just beat it to death, with the Larry Bird versus Curry. When you think of Larry Bird, you think of scoring, a little bit of playmaking, and – Hall of Fame teammates. And that to me is where Curry is the most similar to him because those are the things you think of with Curry scoring, some playmaking, and Hall of Fame teammates. So I just think that was the easiest one for me to pick out. Even like Elijah Wan for me, it's tough to put Curry ahead of a big guy like Elijah Wan because Elijah Wan was known as a dominant force on both sides of the ball. Like best defender of all time, possibly rebounding, blocks, steals, everything. Led to championships. So he's got the whole package. So that's just the only reason why I'm picking Bird. I know Bird has a weird sneak about him. People don't like to ever hate on Larry Bird, but that's why I went there. Okay, that makes sense. I'm looking at his accolades right now, and they are pretty ridiculous. I can't wait uh, to see what Curry's got when he's all done, though. Like, how many threes ahead is Curry going to be than Ray Allen when it's all said and done? Oh, yeah, be that like would be ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Larry Bird won three MVPs, though. So and is it back to back to back, right? Weren't they three a, in a row? Yeah, I think so. And he's a ten time all NBA player. And that is impressive. Um anyway though, so yeah, I think he's at like eleven for me. So I think this pretty much answers the second part of my question. And I've heard this debate um I think ever since Katie like left the Warriors or was rumored to be leaving the Warriors. But if Steph is uh, in front of or behind Kevin Durant all time, because I know everybody thinks KD is an all-timer. And as much as I hate to say it, I think he's ahead of KD right now. I think, I think he's... I think he is. I think he is, maybe by one or two players. Um, I don't think the separation is that great, although I do think it's an easy decision. Um, so I guess if we're all in agreement that Steph is, right now, the better all-time player, does KD leap ahead of him with a championship in Brooklyn. Well, I don't know. I don't even know if a championship will help him so much because of two things. One, he's barely played this season, and he's probably going to barely play every season for the rest of his career. It's just seeming like, you know, he came back from that Achilles injury so strong. Everyone was so pumped. Those first, like, 20 games, he looked great. He had those COVID breaks, but other than that, he looked great. And then it's just been hamstring, thigh contusion, and then the hamstring thigh contusion stuff's going to last forever. You know, he's going to keep having these little, like, bang-ups that probably derail his career in the next three or four years. Whereas Curry, because of the way he plays, unless, like, a freak accident happens, like last season where he, like, broke his hand, unless something, like, stupid like that happens, Curry should play like this for at least another five or six years. And so while I think KD might – you might start seeing some, like, sad decline – within the next three or four years, you're not going to get that from Curry until he's like 37, 38. Yeah, probably. And it's pretty wild too, because KD, and I just saw this like 
a couple of days ago, is actually younger than Steph. I didn't yeah. know that, which is pretty wild. But yeah, like Ste- the, Steph's 32 or 33? 33. Yeah, and Katie's, Katie's 32. 32. My main thing uh, with Durant, because the question about winning a championship this year for Durant, it depends on how they win it, if they do win it. Like, I know um, the way that Durant obviously joined the Warriors put a sour, like, taste in everyone's mouth, but Durant was the guy who won a few of those big games for them. So I know he likes to prop himself up for that, maybe rightfully so. So if that's the case again, in if the Nets make a finals, if it's possibly against LeBron again, and Durant's the guy down the stretch that gets it done, it'll mean a lot more than other circumstances. So I don't like when people just say championships, or, you know, or MVPs. It does matter the circumstances a little bit on the weight. When we have these all-time discussions, like every little thing has to be accounted for. So I just think if James Harden's the one who goes out there and destroys the finals opponent, then I'm He's not going to say, player. yeah, then Harden will become a top <laughs> ten player. Exactly. Yeah, let's go. So I mean, you could argue that Harden's already a top ten player. Like if. You uh, depending on what you look at, like mm-hmm. just skill wise. So it really depends circumstantially, I think, before we can have these conversations uh, as in depth as we want. Yeah. Post this year, we'll have a much clearer understanding of like where all these guys rank Harden, KD, Steph, depending on the success in the postseason. Uh, one thing I wanted to talk about was just how the end of the season – so this season has been so weird because of all these banged up people. Everyone's injured, right? Every single player has been injured at some point in time. It feels like half the best players in the league right now are currently on the IL, which is probably more than half, honestly. It's it's really embarrassing. And because of this momentum like completely being just destroyed by injury, a lot of teams that are in like the lower half of the seeding brackets – are seeing this and just saying, you know what, I'm not going to risk my best player, I'm not going to throw them in this season and have them get hurt, we're just going to tank. And the interesting way that some of these teams are tanking is pretty wild, and a lot of them are getting fined. So OKC and Toronto lately have been fined for sitting their best players. Uh, Kyle Lowry like, rested for like four games in a row last week, just rested. Um, OG Ananobi had multiple injury changes, they just like made stuff up, they like, one day his calf hurt, the next day his right shoulder hurt. It was like insane the, the amount of bullshit they're making up. Uh, SGA is consistently behind in his recovery. Of course he's behind in his recovery. Why the fuck would they want him back in the court? It just means there's no rush. Now I get it. I understand why these teams are doing this. But do you side with the league for finding the teams for for sitting their better players, these 11, 12, 13 seed teams, or should teams be allowed? To give their stars a break. There's only about 12, 13, 14 games left. This season's been absolutely crazy for injuries. A significant injury could not only affect this season, but as you saw in Jamal Murray's case, could affect next season too significantly because he's probably not going to come back until March of next year. Like, what What do you guys think? Is this, is this good that they're getting fined, or do you think that's a little unfair at this point? No, nah, they, they shouldn't be getting fined. I know why the league is doing it, and it, it, like, it makes sense. Um, but the teams aren't doing anything illegal or like against the rules. And so that's really the NBA's fault. They have to kind of, I guess, either give teams more of an incentive to win or implement some sort of rules or regulations where they're not allowed to sit. Uh, I don't think, see that happening. I don't know what they could do to actually enforce that. 
Um, I guess it seems maybe more like the the league is finding more as like a a symbol or a gesture to kind of show like the fans, I guess, like, hey, like we understand that guys are sitting when they shouldn't and like we care about it and we don't like it, but there's not really much we can do about it other than other than finding them. So I, I don't like it, but I guess there's really no other option, at least with the way things are constructed. Uh, yeah, I totally agree with what Rick said. Uh, I think it's both. The league should be finding them because you have to set an example and say, like, we don't, you know, we're not okay with this as a league. It's not good for the league. But at the same time, I am all for tanking. Like, I've said it before, I think. Um, we've lamented at how certain big market teams have an unfair advantage with getting free agents and buyouts. The small market teams have to have something in their favor. And if tanking is going to give them a chance to get a good draft pick and hopefully you know, get it right and get a great player, then I'm all for that. They should have that opportunity. Uh, this season's been so strange. Uh, I think a lot of fans are disengaged anyway. There aren't that many fans in the arenas, which is a big part of it. So if you want to rest your guys a little suspiciously, fine. Um, but the NBA has the right to find them too. So I agree with everything Rick said. I think the fans have been really engaged. It's just that the fact – I think that the reason why the teams are being fined, and this is a hot take maybe, but I think it's really where the league is going, is this isn't the league saying, hey, you're you're cut, you're you're not doing good enough on your fans. Like you're, you should be doing better for your fans. The leagues don't give a shit about them, especially for teams like OKC and the Tampa Bay Raptors. They care about the people betting on these games who are losing their bets and getting demoralized and don't want to bet anymore because – they were, like, betting on OKC covering, and all of a sudden, half OKC's team is not playing. Or they're betting point. on, like, Tampa Bay Rafters covering some ridiculous spread, and all of a sudden, they sit Siakam, Lowry, and Anunoby, and Van Vliet all in the same fucking game. And they're throwing out, like, guys who, like, on fantasy don't even have pictures. Like, like they're throwing those guys out there on the court. Like, ranked 500 in the league. Like, come on. Like, yeah. I, I get it. But that's really what it is. Like, they're like, look, look, the NBA is making a fuck ton of money from betters. And if you're going to demoralize them by not putting out, like, a consistent product, it's going to turn them off to betting on the league, right? Yeah, you're absolutely right. I didn't think of the, uh, the whole gambling angle. <sighs> I mean, I, it's, it's just how it is. Imagine if every week, and this is how it has been being a New York Jets fan, but imagine every week being a fan of an actual football team, having a new quarterback, like every week. Like, you're a fan of the Kansas City Chiefs, and oh, all of a sudden, what's-his-name is starting? Who was the guy who, who won that game for them? Uh, Chad uh, Henney? Miraculously. Chad yeah, Chad, Chad Henney's Henney. starting this week. And then the next week, oh, the wide receiver is going to throw this week. Oh, hey, Travis Kelsey is going behind the, the center this week. You know, like, they're just making shit up whenever. No one would bet on football. Yeah, when you're uh, when you're playing guys who don't have a picture on the Yahoo app, you're really scraping the bottom <laughs> of the barrel. Yeah, that's bad. One nice thing to come from the many injuries that have happened is that LaMelo Ball is coming back, and he's coming to claim that Rookie of the Year award from Anthony Edwards. He might be coming back next week. His, his wrist has healed. Um, I guess he, like, uh, rubbed some snake oil on it. Maybe he had a sensu bean, Mike. I'm not really sure what he did, but his wrist is healed. Do you think that LaMelo Ball will inject himself into this Charlotte Hornets team and 
make them good again because they're not really that bad without him. Like Terry Rozier and Miles Bridges have kind of been holding down the fort. Now, I know Hayward was really the reason why they've been losing some of these games because he was like a pretty consistent player. But like, can LaMelo Ball make them more competitive and possibly a threat in the playoffs? I mean, he could definitely make them more competitive because you're right. They're not that bad. Um, they were beating the Nets most of that game. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I couldn't even name three or three of the starters that played for them that night. So like they play hard. I think they've got a good culture there. I can't stand their announcers. I think that's, they're just clowns. Every time I see a highlight, I'm just like, how is anyone, how are we okay with this? <laughs> this shouldn't yeah. be happening. Um, no, I, I think they could be competitive. Now, I don't think they'll be a threat in the playoffs still. Because at the end of the day, he's still a rookie. Like he hasn't played for a while. He might be a little uh, out of shape or just not in the in rhythm. So I don't think they're going to be a threat to a team like potentially the Nets or the Bucks or the Sixers. But they're going to be a fun team to watch for the next couple of years. So I'm excited that Lamelo is coming back. We talked right before he got hurt. I'm a big Lamelo believer now in what I saw from his early part of the season. Now, is there enough time to? take the rookie of the year back probably because Anthony Edwards isn't like phenomenal. He's a, he's a, he's having an okay season um, kind of rookie of the year by default when LaMelo got hurt. So I hope for LaMelo's sake, he plays enough games that the voters will reward him. Cause I think he definitely deserves it. Oh yeah. I, he, he's going to win it. I think anyway, it's a, a little lock, not debatable. Um, Wait, and, you really uh, think it was? You think it was a lock, even if he never came back? He was yeah, even if he never came back. Yeah, I just nah, think that I, 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 that's not true. Like Anthony Edwards would have taken it just because of sheer number of games. You really think he would have got it anyway? Well, yeah. I mean, I think if you put a side by side comparison of the two, Anthony Edwards wins in games played and nothing else. I'm not going to give him the award. I really think that they would give it to Lamelo. I think his, especially not only that, but the impact on his team. Right now, the Hornets are a playoff team, and the Timberwolves have. The number one pick in the draft, former number one pick Carl Anthony Towns, former Ice in His Veins D'Lo, and they can't win a freaking game. Yeah. So it's cool Dude, like to see the D-Lo highlights. D'Lo has like fucking like hot goo in his veins. He, he right really now. does. He really does. He is like like fudge in his veins <laughs> or something. Like I don't know. That's like like re- like rotten cheese in his. He's <laughs> like someone help me. He's like pointing to his. Rib, like, <laughs> That's what it is. Someone give me to the hospital. I got hot <laughs> cheese in here. <laughs> yeah, and he can't talk cause, like, cause he's it's so much fucking cheese in his body. He can't like really speak right. But everyone he hits he hits a shot and he's like. Someone cut me. Someone won. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's a sweat on Dilo. It's a little. Thick and milky and creamy, uh, kind of. What is that? Uh, it looks like cheese. Yeah, but anyway, getting a lot of separation this game. And it's because he smells so bad. Yeah, he kind of stinks, like like rotten cheese, bro. You smell it too? Yeah, dude. I was in, I was in the the in the lane waiting for the free throw, and I thought it was thought it was me, and it was it was D'Lo. Cheese in his veins. On point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, no, I, I, I mean, Lamelo's gonna add add some life into this team. Um, I don't think they're gonna really uh, shake anything up though. They're not gonna upset the Sixers or the Nets because right now they're the eighth seed, and I don't know where they're gonna finish. But I, I don't see them getting out of the first round. But, but if you're a Hornets fan, this is super exciting. You got to be freaking pumped for the future, and I think this is great too. I mean, I don't know what kind of free agents Charlotte's gonna attract, but I. 
it does kind of seem like LaMelo is a guy who maybe not in the immediate future, but in a couple of years is probably going to be a guy that people want to play with. Absolutely. For a guy who can get that many assists and get, get that many open looks for you is definitely a guy you want to play with. Now, the last thing, the, uh, the horror of, uh, my life is that the Boston Celtics are very good again. <laughs> and Jason Tatum, who is the grim reaper, has been playing absolutely sensationally. Uh, you know, you got good contributions from Jalen Brown. Kemba's been playing well. They've been sitting him so that he doesn't, like, fall apart, but he's been playing well when he's out there. They're even getting some good moments from their role guys. Uh, but, yeah, man, I'm worried about this Celtics team. They're going to probably get, like, a 4-5 or five matchup with the Hawks, and they're going to destroy the Hawks, and then it's going to be the Nets versus the Celtics in the second round if they get there. And it's going to be tough. Actually, the uh, the Nets wouldn't be on a crash course for the Celtics if they're the 4-5 or five seed. Celtics would have to play the Sixers in the second oh, round. Oh, that's true. So well, what the if Nets, the Nets fall to three? They would same thing. The Nets are destined same to thing? play the Bucks in the second round. That's how the matchups work. So okay. the Nets would have to go whoever they beat in the first round, then they would play the Bucks. They wouldn't have to run into the Celtics unless the Celtics take out the Sixers. In which case, like, I don't know who you'd rather play at that point. So as the Celtics look as good as they're looking, as long as the Nets don't drop down to four, I don't expect the Nets will have to play them. I hope I hope now, they get these the five other, wins. The other possibility, though, is unfortunately if the Heat don't pick it up enough to get past the Knicks, the Nets could be destined for a first-round matchup against the Heat. And I don't know mm. if that's Mm-mm. something I want anymore. I know I mentioned, I think, a couple of weeks ago I wouldn't be too worried about that, but now with all the injuries... I would much rather play the Knicks than the Heat in the first round. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, the Heat are a former finals team. Like, they, they've changed a few pieces, but they've got all of the dog in them that they had last year. Jimmy Butler is legit. Now, I'm not saying Julius Randle's not legit, because he's been on a tear lately. But everyone else in the Knicks sucks. Like, no offense, Knicks, but, like, Julius Randle is carrying you guys. You need to pay him double his salary, because... Everyone else in the Knicks falls apart. Like, R.J. Barrett, he's here and then he's not. Uh, Reggie Bullock can only shoot threes. Nerlens Noel gets you, like, two points a game. Like, Julius Randle's the reason why they win games. And that's it. Derrick Rose has been playing well, but, like, how long did that last? <laughs> yeah. Not long. I, uh, I do have one other player I'd like to mention before we move into our next segment, if that's okay. Of course. Uh, so, we were just talking about the Heat. A few days ago, I was actually going to text our group about how horrible Tyler Hero has been. And then, I don't know if you guys saw it, but an article came out, I think today, or maybe yesterday, about how the Heat have actually, like, quietly been very worried about Tyler Hero's celebrity status. (laughs) And, like, it's affecting his basketball now. Because if you look at his numbers, he's been bad in the last, like, five or ten games or something like that. And I just think that's something to... uh, Kind of take another look at, because he was a big reason why they advanced so much in the bubble. He was looking like a potential all-star. Like, it, he was a no-trade piece Yeah. during the trade deadline. And now he's, like, kind of stumbling, and the Heat are worried. And I think it's funny. Yeah, I, I read that same article, too, um, like yesterday or two days ago. And, you know, I guess if I was also dating Katia Henry, I think my basketball would suffer a little bit as well. <laughs> Um, so I, I can't say I blame him. I still think he's winning at life. I'm super jealous of him. He is 
He's not an NBA champion, but he's a world champion. That is for sure. I, I think if I were dating Katya Henry, I'd probably shoot maybe 10% from the floor because I would, I would be thinking about her more than, like, the pass that's hitting me in the face. <laughs> so, nah, nah, honestly, screw Tyler Hero because he is living a really good life right now. <laughs> so he'll turn it around. I mean, he, maybe he'll go in, like, Le- he LeBron playoff he mode. Yeah, he's 21 now, dude. This this guy is... It's a bad yeah. year. So that's he's gonna party every day. You know, he just oh, yeah. became legal to drink. Oh in yeah, Miami. In <laughs> Miami. In Miami with, with a supermodel girlfriend, like, bro, basketball would be the last thing on my mind. <laughs> I'm shocked <laughs> he even has a girlfriend. Like, why did he tie himself down? I know that she's beautiful, but like, you're 21 and you're a basketball star. I don't know, dude. It doesn't really get any better than what he's got going on here. So <laughs> it's it's it makes sense. Tyler right. Hero, if you listen to the Best Is Net to Come podcast. Keep doing you, brother, because <laughs> you're, yeah. you're winning. The Heat might be in trouble if he doesn't pull things together. And obviously, immediate returns from Vic Oladipo trade, not looking good. That dude is made of glass. He's going to probably getting he's – he's looking like a Blake Griffin veteran minimum for the rest of his career if he doesn't pull shit together. And how old is he? He's like 27. He's so young to be like this washed by injury. It's insane. He cannot yeah, stay I, on a court. I know as as one of the co-hosts of a basketball podcast, I should be really up to date on Victor Oladipo. But I noticed either you or Mike, I think, like dropped him from their fantasy I just team. Just dropped him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, can you can you update over. me on what what is going on with Victor Oladipo now? That is he just always hurt or he's not good at basketball anymore? Like, okay, well, his basketball uh, playing was always suspect because he was shooting way more than he was making. All right, like he's making like 37% of his shots. Oh, yeah. On top of the fact, like he scores a lot, but he takes a lot of shots away from better shooters. So that's not good for your team. Like you're not going to win with a guy like Oladipo. And plus, he's injured all the time. He was sitting every other game when he was on the Rockets. And I knew that was probably because the Rockets just were tanking, but it was also probably because he couldn't play every other game. Then he comes to the Heat, who are actually in like meaningful games. He plays like three of them for them. He has three pretty shitty games. In the one game he's playing well, I, I think it was against the Lakers. He had like 18 points. He's doing great. He had an open floor dunk. No one near him, not contested or anything. He dunks the ball, and he lands on his knee, and then he's like, ouch, I'm out. And he literally <laughs> walks off, and he's probably not going to play basketball again this season. I think the Heat just got screwed by that trade. They're probably wishing they had Kelly Olynyk still. That's He's been great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Kelly Olynyk's been good on the fucking Rockets. That is wild. See, all that stuff for Vicky Lodipo would be okay if he had a smoking hot supermodel girlfriend and, like, you know, he had a reason to not focus on basketball and not be healthy. But he doesn't, at least to the best, best of my knowledge. So Vicky Lodipo, you stank. Stanks. He stanks. Stanks bad. Now, Stank, take a bath. And now it is time for us to decide who will be in our Bank Heist Nets edition. So, guys, here's the hypothetical. You're going to rob a bank, and your crew is made up entirely of Nets personnel. Players, coaches commentators, Mr. Whammy, whoever you want. They have to be associated with the Nets organization. 
you're going to have to make a crew of seven people to help you successfully rob a bank. Now, you're trying to actually rob the bank. You're not trying to get caught. So you want to really think about who you're picking. These are the seven positions that you're going to pick. The first one will be mastermind. Now, the mastermind is the person responsible for coordinating team efforts and keeping track of time. Mastermind presents a high speed of certain aspects. They, they, they present this. Uh, if you don't have a mastermind present for the heist, you, you won't be able to see how long you have until the guard patrol or the police arrives, right? Like you need like an important kind of uh, brainiac for this sort of role. Now we got brute, which is just like your muscle. He's the guy knocking people out, guy or girl knocking people out. Um, they're, you know, they have items like ropes and baseball bats, that sort of thing. Then you have a safe cracker. They've got to be responsible for drilling through vault doors, cracking open safes. They got to work quick. You know, the cops are coming. Then you have your driver. You need a good getaway driver. You're going to need a good cat burglar, which is someone who does the breaking and entering, you know, sneaking past motion detectors, mission impossible, kind of hanging from the roof, that kind of person. You need a smooth operator who can talk their way into a secret part of a bank, you know, maybe pretending to be working at the bank, one of those kind of people. And then last but not least is the hacker, who's the crew member, you know, the guy, he's got like the van outside the bank. He's hacking into the mainframe. He's, he's shutting down the surveillance cameras. You're going to need that guy on your team too. So seven guys for this heist, any Nets personnel that you want to pick. Where do we want to start, guys? Uh, I would like to start with the cat burglar because I just have what I think is an obvious choice for that. Okay, go ahead. Uh, I think that would be Kyrie. Uh, I've said it multiple times. I think Kyrie Irving has a way of moving his body different than other people I've ever seen on the court. And I think he would use those moves and uh, dive underneath lasers and tumble and do all kinds of acrobats. So I think Kyrie... He's also pretty slender, I think, out of all the players on the Nets. He's probably the, the thinnest, shortest, um, but also very agile. So I think Kyrie Irving as our cat burglar makes a lot of sense, unless you guys have any uh, issues with that. I have uh, no objection to that. I think Kyrie might have the best, if not one of the best, like body control of anyone who's like ever played basketball. So, I mean, we've, I'm sure we've seen videos on Instagram too, where he does like this balancing exercise. Have you guys seen this where he no, likes, yeah. So he, you know, like, like Michael Jackson, where he'll do like the lean and you're like, how is he not falling over? Oh, I have like seen that. that. Yeah. And Kyrie does that too, where he's like, he's like leaning at like a 45 degree angle and any other person on the planet would like just fall over flat on their face. And he's just like leaning back and then he goes and stands up straight and he leaves the other side and it, the balance is otherworldly. So yeah, He's got to be the cat burglar. All right. Yeah, I agree with you guys. You sold me. Cat burglar, it will be Kyrie Irving. All right, Rick, why don't you take the next one? You can pick any of the other categories left. Uh, just because I was had only one name that came to mind for the hacker, um, this person's a little bit forgotten because he's currently injured, but I think a person who's a hacker would be Spencer Dinwiddie. I think oh, he, uh, yeah. Yeah, wasn't he, like, uh, really into, like, cryptocurrency? He was going to, like, I don't know, either sign with a certain team based on, like, Bitcoin or he was going to get paid in Bitcoin or something like that. And he's always uh, very up-to-date in the world of tech. 
Um, he seems like a smart, well-spoken guy, too. So I think uh, getting past security and uh, hacking into the mainframe or whatever, I think he'd be able to do it. I think he's the guy. Yeah, Dinwiddie was my initial pick for the mastermind, actually, for a lot of those reasons, until Josh finished the list and said, there's a hacker. And I was like, oh, the hacker has to be Spencer Dinwiddie. So, yeah, nailed right. it on that one. It's unfortunate because Spencer's a good-looking guy. I kind of thought he would have been a smooth operator. He could have been the guy who uh, kind of, you know, talks to the, the people in the bank and gets them to like him, and then he double-crosses on them because everyone's like, what, Spencer, you're the new guy. How could you be working with the bad guys? And he's like, you just didn't know. I was, I was too suave. Well, well in, in fairness, I think he could probably be almost any category aside from the brute, honestly. He yeah. really would be – he would – I think if we picked him for any other category, we'd be like, yeah, you know, it works. It fits. Yeah, he's pretty much like – you want you want to rob a bank with with Spencer Dinwiddie. Like definitely hit him up if you're looking to commit I'm gonna, I'm gonna major crimes. Uh, message him on Instagram or Twitter <laughs> or something to see if he's in the mood to rob a bank. WYD. <laughs> what a rob bank. <laughs> All right. Um so let's see. What do we got next? Oh yeah. So Mike, you're up. You pick You, you uh, don't you don't want to do one? one? Yeah, you do. Uh, okay, yeah, I guess do. I'll do one. So I'm looking at the Brute, right? Because we've got a lot of big, chunky guys on the nets. We need a guy who is just going to be able to, like, knock a door down, who's going to be able to, like, scream in someone's face when they're crying, like, shut your fucking mouth! Like, one of those kind of people. Like, there's always that guy, the Brute, who, like, just scares people into, like, getting on the ground, you know? The guy who, like, jumps on the table in the beginning of, like, the, the robbery, and he, like, shoots up to the ceiling. He's like, this is a robbery! Everyone get on the fucking I'm really, I'm really excited to see where this goes, because I don't know if anyone specifically really fits <laughs> that, that description. I know who my initial thought was for the, for the brute, but you're going, like, Hollywood. You're like, get on the fucking ground! <laughs> Everybody out of my fucking way! Have you guys not? Have anyone seen the movie like Heat or like you know the town? Like these are some of the best. Like like what's it called? Um, there's some great like heist movies that I'm thinking about here. There's always that one guy who's just like nuts. And uh, you know what? Even though he is probably my least favorite net, I'm gonna put TLC as the brute. <laughs> wow. What? Yes. No. Yes. Because no. you, you know like, I thought the other people. I thought of the other big guys, and I was like, you know, DeAndre Jordan, He's like, he seems like a sweetheart. Like, he's probably not going to be tough enough. He's soft. Like, every other net is soft. But even though TLC is bad at basketball, he's not soft. He does get into fights sometimes with guys in the court. He does jaw at some guys. He's not afraid of – he's, like, not afraid of the moment. Can I, uh, can I throw a name out there just for consideration before we settle on TLC? Sure. Uh, so, for me <laughs> – when I think of a brute, like, yeah, you want a big guy, and we're not robbing a bank full of other NBA players. So 6'3". <laughs> the NBA bank. Like, 6'3 is still a pretty big guy, and Bruce Brown is 6'3". Oh, and I think Bruce. Bruce Brown is the dog on the team that maybe you're forgetting about when you think like of been. DLC. I think yeah. Bruce Brown would be the guy who could hit someone over the head and, you know, dive into walls. Like, I would, I think I'd rather get behind Bruce Brown for that than TLC. You know who? You know who TLC is then? So this is another trope that I was going to mention later, but we're just going to mention it now. TLC is the guy where, like, okay, before the before the heist, 
the the mastermind's like, okay, we're, we're going in and out. No one dies. All right. You are not supposed to hurt a single person in there. Tell them to get on the ground, put their hands over their heads, and that's it. And TLC's the guy is, as they're walking out, someone looks at him funny and he shoots him in the head. Yes. <laughs> and you're like, you dumb motherfucker, why did you do that? And, then, and then, then they have to run twice as hard because the cops are coming. And TLC's just like, I just wanted to get it on, man. And his eyes are like wide open. Like, that's TLC. So you, pick, you pick TLC because he's an unhinged wild <laughs> yeah, card? Yeah, crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> I'm, I'm putting my vote for Bruce Brown. I, yeah, Bruce I, Brown. I, I don't want to get in a in a in a car with TLC at this point, let alone rob a bank with him. <laughs> like, I just think, you gotta uh, be a little thinking, wild to rob a bank, so. That's why yeah, I, I was thinking originally DeAndre Jordan, because you are right, like, he is kind of soft, but he's still, like, a he's, freaking giant. Like, yeah, he's massive. <laughs> like, I'm over six feet tall, and he would throw me around like a rag doll. So, uh, that's what I originally thought, but Bruce Brown, yeah, he can, like, you know, he's not as strong as DeAndre Jordan, but he's definitely got that, uh, that dog in him. So I'm cool with Bruce Brown. All right. So we've got Bruce Brown as the brute. And I'm just going to add it right now. TLC is the um, the guy who just wants to get it on. <laughs> and he shoots someone in the head. All right. Um, Mike, you're up. Next, uh, next one. All right. So I'll jump to my smooth talker, my smooth operator. I've got to give my nomination to Ian Eagle for that one. I think Ian Eagle would talk his way out of anything. You just get lost in what he's saying. You fall in love with him. So he's my pick. I, yeah. I think Dinwiddie would have been a smart choice for that also, as you were saying before, because Dinwiddie is a smooth talker. But who wouldn't love to just strike up a conversation with Ian Eagle? You're right. He's got all of the like best puns too like he'd definitely like make great light conversation at the bank when he's like chumming it up with the other people there yeah i could totally see it rick do you have any qualms with that zero qualms with that <laughs> yeah. i should be kicked off the podcast if i had any qualms with that <laughs> <laughs> you're right smooth operator iron eagle for sure so now we got left we got our hacker no we got no we got we did the hacker we got the cat burglar we got the smooth talker and we got a brute we still don't have a mastermind, a safe cracker, or a driver. So, Rick, why don't you uh, give us one of those? This is tough because I don't think anymore that anybody really stands out for specific uh, roles, unless you guys point something out. Well, we definitely need to think hard about the mastermind. Yeah. I have an idea for the driver, so if you can come up with one of the other two, I'll, I'd like to get back to... Okay, maybe maybe I'll pick the driver for you, but I was thinking for the safe cracker, um, I was kind of thinking Joe Harris because he's like, you know, if we're trying to connect it with basketball, very like precise pinpoint accuracy, things like that can um, guess like cracking a safe is a lot like hitting a three almost in some, in some ways because you can't really even the slightest uh misdirection in any way could it's a miss or you're not cracking the safe and things like that um joe's a guy that we rely on a lot with at least with the basketball in his hands and if you're being timed in like a a, a bank heist like that safe has to come open on time and uh you want someone who's trustworthy and reliable to do it so I'm casting my vote for Joe Harris, but if anyone has any uh, other names in mind for that role or think he would be better for a different role for himself, 
fire away, but at least that's that's what I was thinking. I'm fine with that. I have no issues. No other yeah, problems. No qualms? Like, no, no qualms. No qualms. <laughs> I like Joe Harris. That's a great description, like the precision. The only thing I was thinking, though, is like the guy who's the safe cracker. So when the safe is going to be cracked in, in a heist movie or in a heist, whatever, that's the moment where like the cops have already been called, right? Because like probably someone pressed that secret button underneath the thing. So the safe cracker has to work like super fast. So it's not only precision, it's also speed. And Joe is like the slowest guy in the nets. And he's also, I keep thinking of like how terrible he is at inbounding. And I feel like that's something that you have to be like really good precision wise. And like, I don't know why. And he's also a bad free throw shooter. It know. seems so like you know. want someone else to crack the no, safe. But like, so but please again, go but ahead. Again, like, are we are no, we going Chris Chioza? No, no, because then again, there is no one better on the Nets right now who is as precise, really. So yeah, you got to go with Joe. It's just unfortunate that I'm worried that he would fumble it. He dropped the keys underneath, like <laughs> underneath the table. All right, we got Joe as the uh, safe cracker here. Now, Mike, you wanted to say something about the driver. Yeah, and then we'll all try to put our heads together for the mastermind. But my driver is Landry Shamit for no other reason than he just looks like a driver. Like, if you pulled up and there was a guy who looked like Landry Shamit wearing a little hat, like, in your car, he just looks like that's his job. And I don't have any other reason besides that. Uh, all right. I guess to add on to that, because I don't really have a good reason for anyone else other than Shamit, I guess, because... <laughs> He looks like a driver, but at least for his uh, his play on the court, he's been all gas, no brakes. So he's been, pedal, he's been pedal to the metal on the floor. He's got to go pedal to the metal to get away from the cops. So uh, I guess if you're if you're looking for someone to go full throttle for you, shoot, damn it, sham it is probably your best bet. Um, I like it. I really like the pick. I'm gonna throw one name out there just to like have two to debate between Tyler Johnson. We joke sometimes about Tyler Johnson looking like he works at Wawa. Is there a possibility that, like, Tyler Johnson also secretly loves cars and, like, does burnouts in his backyard or something? I'll say this, because living in North California for a couple months, uh, car meets and, like, drag races and shit like that were super common, happen all the time. People love freaking talking about their cars. Tyler Johnson looks exactly like one of those guys who would, like— Every weekend, go to a car meet and, like, race for slips or something. So I'm going to look up where he's from right now because I – he looks like a guy who, like, drag raced as a kid. So who do you trust more? I think it'll just come down to that. Who do you trust more as your driver? you rather oh. jump in a car with Shamit or with Tyler Johnson? Okay. If I if, – if we get caught and I turn and look at Shamit and he's making that same face he always makes, then I, I might want to punch him. But I don't know. I feel like Tyler Johnson, we'd get caught, and he'd be like, no, 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 we're not going out like this. And he would, like, ram the police car or something crazy. Yeah, I do feel like that. He also went to Fresno State. so oh, California. That is California. <laughs> Where'd Shamit he... go? Uh, let's find out. If Shamit, I'll say this. Shamit if Shamit went to school or was born in California, we'll give it to Shamit. But, no, Shamit uh, went to, like, Weenie Hut University. He was dude. born he in that. Kansas he City, that. and he went to Wichita State. All right, we'll give it to Tyler Johnson. I think Tyler, Tyler Johnson just... He's our wheelman. I think he's like he just seems yeah like I think I think there's like a higher I think the potential is higher with Shamit. 
but I, I like the ceiling. But I think the floor is also lower. Like I feel like we're we're picking Shamit to be our driver based on like his last what ten games. But I'm also afraid that beginning of the season, Shamit would would be the one who's behind the wheel. And I'd be like, oh, my God, like, it's a red light, but we still have to go. He's like, no, nah, dude, it's illegal to go through red lights. I'm like, <laughs> it's like, we're being chased. We run the bank. Like, we can get out of here. <laughs> Bro, yeah. it says no turn on red. I don't give a fuck. Tyler Johnson is, like, Tokyo drifting through every yeah. fucking line. Like, he's, he's like, spinning the car. <laughs> yeah. No, it's nuts. Yeah, and we might die. He might kill us, but, like, it's not because he wasn't trying. Like, we'd be driving, and then, like, the bridge ahead of us would start, like, cutting up, you know? Like, yes. and then, you and then like, you'd be like, dude, Tyler, like, the bridge is going up. And then you'd see his foot, like, hit the floor, like, <laughs> and then we'd just, like, fucking fly over the bridge. But we'd make it. We would make it. Dude, Tyler, the bridge is going up. He's got, like, one hand on the wheel. He looks over to you, and he goes, and so are we. And then you yeah. just go then it's like, Honestly, you land on the other side, though. Tell me there's no more exhilarating feeling. Mm, yeah, you, got no. away with it. you got away with it at that point. Absolutely. Or if you don't make it, you're going headfirst on the other side of the bridge, and it's like that forever. So. Yeah, but, you know, like you said, yeah. Shamit's waiting at the red light. Yeah, dude, we're already cuffed. <laughs> We're already cuffed, and the light hasn't turned green. All right, so our most important part of this team is the guy who is setting the plan, who's who's literally the mastermind. We need a mastermind for this plan to rob a bank. I we need to pick someone who knows what they're doing, who's able to fully scope out everything before. It's got to be Sean Marks, right? It's Sean Marks. It's yeah, Sean, Sean Marks. Marks. Easy. There's, I, there's no debate. It is if the, I hope there are no qualms here because I, it is Star Marks. He sees uh, the short-term future, the long-term future, small picture, big picture. The guy does not miss. I mean, with Reggie Perry, he missed. Jesus Christ, he missed with Reggie Perry. But other and, and TLC. But like other than that, like he really like is he's can't miss. I think he would have plans A, B, and C, and probably. D and E two, it would be uh yeah I, I I don't even know who second place second place might be like Mike D'Antoni or something and I don't know how much we really would believe in Mike D'Antoni. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think Sean Marks is a great pick. I'm trying to think of like maybe someone else that we can put in there just to have a debate. Mm. So I'm gonna just throw an honorable mention of Kevin Durant because I think Kevin Durant, besides Sean Marks being obviously the the name the GM behind everything that's gone on, um. I think Durant had a big responsibility in how this team was put together. I think he kind of looked a couple years ahead also um, a while back with talking with Kyrie and then getting Harden here. So I think Durant um, is a very calculated person. Even with his feuds he gets into, like I think there's some control behind those feuds. So I think Durant, I know financially he's made a lot of really smart investments. He's a smarter guy than I think a lot of people give him credit for. I think Sean Marks is the right pick. But I just want to give an honorable mention to Durant uh, for consideration. You're right. You're right. Yeah, I think it's cool we gave Durant an honorable mention because uh, two out of the big three aren't part of our yeah. bank heist, which is yeah. kind of wild. Um, not only are two two out of the three not part of it, but I think the least reliable person of the big three is the one who made it onto the team, which is kind of wild. Uh, Jimbo and KD not getting on the squad. Jimbo not even getting an honorable mention, which is kind of wild. But he already has a lot of money, and he's spending at the strip club, so he doesn't need to be part of the heist. But, uh, I, yeah, insane. 
you know what the problem with Jimbo is? He's so obvious that he wouldn't blend in anywhere. And you would, you know, his huge beard, we'd all have to be wearing masks, right? For the heist, you have to wear yeah. like a fucking mask and his beard would be sticking out of his mask. And then yeah. someone in the back would be like, hey, is that James Harden? And then like we would, and then it would be over. We would be <laughs> He could, yeah, honestly, he could be a brute if we wanted him to. He's like 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. Like he's pretty strong. He's a big dude. Yeah. So I'll give him an honorable mention for the brute. I okay. think. <laughs> So we already mentioned who would ruin the heist, which would be TLC, because he would just want to get it on, and he would shoot one of the hostages, for sure. And then I also have a question here. Who would be the secret double agent working for the feds? So, like, the Matt Damon in Departed, if you guys remember. TLC, because fuck him. <laughs> Come on. No, but he shoots a hostage, and he's also working for the feds? That's He's going to get fired. Are you kidding? He's going to jail. Well, no, no, because we didn't we replace him? We replaced him as the, the brute. No, no, no. We got Bruce Brown as the brute. But like, the extra who would be guy. The, who would be like a if there was an extra guy who would be the secret double agent who's like we think he's working with us but he's actually working against us. I th- yeah I think it's gotta be TLC because you just said he's he's nuts he's off the wall and like you'd be like yeah I mean, like dude you like killed a civilian he's like but I had to do what I had to do <laughs> like we we gotta look at the big picture here chief there's there's money at stake there's lives at stake look I took one to save many. I did what I had to do. All right, I did what you couldn't. <laughs> all right, but but then he's also working for the feds. So when they show up and he has to like show his badge, they're like, "Who killed this guy?" He's like, "Oh, I did." <laughs> yeah, 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 because yeah. he's that on his. He's, dude. he's bad at both. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. All right. Well, who's your pick then? I want to hear it because I, <laughs> I think oh. TLC. <laughs> TLC is terrible at everything. He's bad at being a <laughs> yeah. cop. He's bad at robbing a bank. He's bad at he's bad at being a human. Uh, I don't know. This is all this is like libel. But, uh, <laughs> sorry, it's all legend DLC. You're probably a great guy. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, shit, man. Who is the secret double agent? Maybe is it, uh, feds? could it be someone like, like a Reggie Perry or like, um, like an Alizé Johnson or someone who's like really, really low on the depth chart. Who's kind of like, Ooh, I like Alizé Johnson as a pick because he's new to the team. So yeah. no one knows his background. And he used to be – he was actually like a pacer. He was like in the Pacers like uh, G League team, right? Uh, I, think. I think so. So maybe he's like a double agent for the Pacers. <laughs> he's like, ah, I got you, motherfuckers. I, I've been working for them the whole time. I don't know. And we know little, very little about Alizé Johnson, so I can see him being – maybe he's secretly Lamar Jackson, like we've all been wondering this whole time. Yeah. I think Blake Griffin's my double agent. Ooh, Blake Griffin just seems kind of shady, and uh, you never really know what he's up to. He does have a new show called Double Crossed. There you go. Oh, yeah. Who knows what he's thinking? That would just be so, like, on the nose. Like, the guy with the show called Double Crossed, Double Crossed (laughs) us? Are you kidding me? (laughs) I like to to think that Alizé Johnson, TLC, and Blake Griffin are, like, the heads of, like, a rival gang. And and that they're just trying to – uh, take control of Brooklyn before uh, Sean Marks and his band of thieves do it. Yeah. No, I think with this crew we got here, Kyrie, Spencer, Bruce, Ian Eagle is the smooth operator, Joe Harris cracking the safe, Tyler Johnson, the getaway driver, just Tokyo drifting out of there, and Sean Marks, the mastermind behind it all. I think we're robbing this bank and we're getting away and we're going to be sipping margaritas in Cancun or like on a, on a boat in Cancun all millions of dollars richer 
I like that. This is like uh like after the next Fast and Furious comes out, like that'll be the end of it and now this will be the new franchise. What would it be called? Oh man, it'll be uh Oh man. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. That's like that's like the fun thing we got to figure out for next pod. We got to come back and open yeah. with like the name of our our Brooklyn Heist movie. <clears throat> All right. If you guys are listening, please on Instagram and Twitter send us your ideas for what our Brooklyn Heist movie would be with these as our main characters. We'd love to hear it. We love talking about it. And uh, yeah. So that's it for the best is net to come this week. We'll be back later in the week, probably talking about. How these injuries have been shaken out, how the nets have been shaken out. Hopefully they uh, grab a win sometime before then. But yeah, have a good one. Thanks again for listening. This was the best is net to cover.